Hi, and welcome to the next episode of the This and One More podcast by Simple Sessions with me, James Lee. This week, it's great to have our first female guest on the podcast in the shape of Becca Knapp, who is a coach I've been working alongside for the last few years. We're going to discuss all things in the gym environment um, and how important language is when it comes to both coaching and generally talking to others in, in that environment as well. Um, so I hope you enjoy this podcast. It should be interesting and I hope you get something from it. Enjoy. Hi everyone. So today on the podcast, it is really good to have Becca Knapp on with me. Um, Becca is a coach I've worked alongside for the last probably four years now, I think, um, both in the Pure Gym down the road and in Fieldworks over in London Fields. Um, it's really good to have you on, Becca. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Uh, yeah, it's really good to chat with you, James. Um, if you could just give everyone a bit of an overview of kind of uh, how you got into the fitness industry and, and sort of your what you kind of specialise in, I suppose, yeah. and, and your interest, that'd be great. Yeah, uh, so I kind of, I always like sport and uh, training were always a big part of my life. And I sort of switched career and like training was just sort of like a, a, a passion I did outside of that. And then I ha- had a conversation with someone who, mentioned that they had a friend that was a painter as in like art that's what I do and a personal trainer and I just thought oh like I just had a light bulb moment that's my yeah. dream situation and literally it was that conversation which was the sort of turning point I uh, did the PT course um, I'm just trying to think it was 2013 um, and started working in the industry and didn't look back I got so much more from it than I thought I would. Um, really enjoyed working with people. Um, yeah. And in terms of my sort of interests, kind of evolved with where, how I've moved, I guess, from commercial gyms uh, over to Fieldworks and got to kind of learn from people along the way. So yeah. I guess moving away from your classic, which I still do enjoy, but like that kind of background of bodybuilding approach of you know having your um your week split into a sort of chest day leg day etc um to i the overused word of functional training yeah but you know kettlebells uh kettlebells um did an animal flow course last year which was absolutely brilliant i obviously started to do a little bit of work with you in terms of the rings and you know the uh olympic lifting which still hasn't really gone anywhere <laughs> But yeah, that's, that's a little overview. Brilliant. Um, thanks for that. So today, obviously, we, as we discussed um, just beforehand, we're going to talk about all things sort of inclusivity in, in, in the kind of gym and fitness sphere, um, a bit about kind of body positivity, that kind of thing, and, you know, muscle building as well as we go through. So I think that the biggest topic is probably one that's at the forefront at the moment, certainly, is the whole inclusivity aspect and um, making everyone feel comfortable both training and, and in their bodies, etc. So, yeah, I think that's going to be something really important to talk about. I know you mentioned briefly kind of you know, gyms being a place of, of privilege in, in a sense. Um, could you just talk a bit more about that to start with, please? Yeah, I think um, there's a lot of things going on here because you have um, a space where often there's lots of mirrors everywhere, um, lots of sort of fit looking people around your t- average typical you know personal trainer someone that works in the industry will be in what's considered you know good shape um so anyone that might feel 
they don't um, they don't have that kind of body confidence or they might be just unsure as to what how to use the equipment or that kind of thing it can become very heightened in a space where it feels very much you're being looked at or yeah. um, I think the, in my experience um, the setup of gyms you know they they have and are still used in very binary way I feel like having this conversation now it's becoming more outdated with the popularity of CrossFit and yeah. So, and far more women um, getting interested in uh, weightlifting, resistance training. You still do see your typical kind of commercial gym set up with classes, even geared towards a, you know, sort of female um, audience um, of like legs, bums and tums, if that's yeah, still definitely. going on. And, does, yeah. yeah, okay. And hit, I, I mean, I coached all of these and, you know, it, it was nothing wrong with them. Good, like they're fine good classes but the reality is, is it would be like at least 90 percent female and then you would have the free weights area which would be then you know say 90 percent male so if you're looking at it if you're somebody that you know wants to train within the free weights area and feels intimidated either because you're female or you're you don't identify within the gender binary or you know you you want to do your legs, bums, and tums class or whatever. Um, it can you can feel quite um, like unwelcoming and yeah. e exclusive, not inclusive. Um, it, just as a sort of like overview of, of the space, is you can see like it's set up. It feels like this is the space where men are encouraged to use you know to get bigger to take yeah. up. Space. And <laughs> here are the you know elliptical trainers and the um the treadmills for you know i'm generalizing massively here but this is speaking from experience of using gyms since i was about like 15 um where women are doing like endless cardio to get smaller and um so just that as a setup it, i felt like going into it i disrupt that space because i was like well i actively intentionally want to build muscle like i want yeah. to get bigger that i don't think they'll ever stop it's not the be all and end all behind my training at all i get um so many more things from training but um that in itself can become um uh tricky when uh, someone you know feels like new to uh, commercial gyms i'm oh, sorry new to gyms and where they fit if they feel like they don't fit within a typical kind of um, female or male um, sort of heteronormative setup. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, it does. I think that's, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's definitely something that I, I, I notice or not so much now, like, you, like we've said, um, because it does seem like there's more confidence for, from everyone using the free weights areas, for example, in, yeah, obviously it will depend on the gyms and, and, and the members and stuff, but it definitely is still a, a massively male dominated space. I think, again, depending on where you are and, and, and the kind of clientele of, of the space, it can feel quite intimidating almost no matter who you are. Even you know, if I'm walking in there and there's just a bunch of people like being really loud and obnoxious yeah. almost about around their training. So they're like, well, I don't really want to be in this space, you know? And that's for someone who's you know, been training a long time, is quite competent at what they do. Yeah. It's still a bit kind of like, oh, I don't know if I really want to be here. So. I can yeah. completely see why 
anyone who isn't confident and maybe not stepped in a gym before, you know, or, or, you know, just doesn't feel particularly, you know, I don't know what the word is, extroverted maybe, yeah. would actively shy away from those spaces and therefore probably wouldn't step back in the gym again. Um, I, I mean, I think it's something that you, like, you, I think there's a responsibility to people that work in, that work in the fitness industry to do what they can within their power to make it as inclusive as possible. But the reality is, is you can't control what is going on in someone's inner dialogue. Like um, if they are, if someone comes into the space and people are being as welcoming as possible, but their internal dialogue is projecting sort of insecurities onto the people there. So um, I can give this as an example, like, when I um, started, like, I guess, you know, before, before, like, I'm um, doing the PT course and stuff, when I was, like, consistently training in the commercial gyms, I, there was like, a sort of um, conscious shift in my attitude towards walking into the free weights area. And if I felt like I had this, just this quite loaded um, anxiety about it, because I'd be like, oh, yeah. these guys are looking at me they're thinking what, what just thinking just taps into any kind of paranoia like oh they're staring at me or are they thinking oh you're what are you trying to be a man because you're trying to lift like us or whatever I don't know just this but as yeah. soon as um partly because I built confidence with my own training I started to know what I was doing and started to sort of feel more confident with them in that space I had like less of that and more of like an open energy. And I actually got to know some of these guys and that, you know, people, it sort of united people over this shared passion of training. And then I ended up training with some of the guys. And, you know, when some of the PTs were um, off their shift, I would train with them and stuff. And it became really lovely, like a real, um, I don't know, People looked beyond, it felt like, any like notions of otherness that perhaps I initially had brought to the space where I was like, I'm the only, say, non-cis male within this space. Uh, do I belong yeah. here? Am I welcome here? You know, it, it just became, um, it, it became like much more welcoming for sure. But um, yeah. Yeah, but I think, you know, that that's a really encouraging point, mm. I think. And I think that probably is indicative of most spaces where once you actually yeah. get to know the people who are training generally it's pretty friendly and like people will have a chat they'll help you and you know you mm-hmm. can kind of progress together but you know having the confidence to take that first step to one go into that space and then to either ask some ask someone or actually get to know someone when you're like you said you're feeling that anxiety it must be quite difficult in the first instance for sure it's it, absolutely and and also i'm still feel like i'm speaking from a place of privilege because i'm you know, even though I was new to this kind of training, I was relatively fit, able-bodied, you know, still kind of those privileged to, to sort of, you know, enough time to commit to training to, and, you know, to stick with it long enough to build confidence. So it, it becomes enjoyable and the atmosphere is normalized, you know, like you just yeah. get used to that sort of gym environment that only... I only have become like aware of it can be like abnormal to people that don't train, you know, just yeah. like, as you said before about guys making loads of noise and the sound, like things like that just doesn't phase me at all. But then if I'm going into that space with somebody that's not accustomed to that, they, and the, you know, they, there's like, 
guys grunting and things and like yeah. throwing weights around I can see it can be like really off-putting and like I as as a PT I found it you know quite um like useful in in, in terms of being able to be empathetic towards uh clients that really don't feel comfortable in those spaces then I can have a sort of sensitivity to that because I'm like yeah I remember feeling like that and it's not like I wouldn't ever feel like that again like potentially you know um I'm sensitive to those things and therefore when I you know what was in commercial gyms like designing sessions where we'd be able to use spaces perhaps that were quieter spaces that didn't have mirrors on every wall um yeah. you know just like little things like that that perhaps people might not pick might not sort of um, be aware of if they haven't experienced it themselves, you know? I was going to say, I think that's quite a good kind of way to lead on to just talking about kind of yeah, the, the benefits of gyms that are mostly probably going to be for those people who haven't been in one yet, if you think about it from that angle. Um, so I think for those people who maybe are, are listening, but you know, are kind of toying with going back to the gym after this lockdown thing, or maybe want to start, maybe that kind of exactly what you said, that like a graduated exposure type approach where, you, know, you just go in and you find a quiet space and just do a, a bit of whatever you want and then over time gradually you just build up to kind of moving through different areas of the gym and um, gives you time to kind of get accustomed to the environment a little bit more absolutely um i also think that there are things with that are normalized within commercial gyms that shouldn't be really um like language that there's still re like people coaches using like really um unnecessarily gendered language um, if you walk into a space and you overhear um, someone coaching a class and they're saying, um, I'm going back to the classic example of, and ladies, you're going to do push-ups on your knees, gents, you know, just language yeah. like that. Immediately, me and anyone that I've like spoken to that's also experienced that just feels completely like, um, like excluded. It, sure. um, like this is not for me if, they, if they've got coaches using that kind of language this is not for me and it's, uh, it's, it gets really overlooked but um, I think language and um, a, other things that would happen were just like sort of general um, atmosphere of it being acceptable to comment on people's bodies yeah. when they're yeah. asked and I, even though I work with bodies every day that again, language is really powerful. And if a client has come to me specifically because they are looking to lean out, they are looking to drop body fat, then, and that is a dialogue that we have. But I, like, I, I will never be somebody that would use the term like, um, oh, have you lost weight? As like a, right, that's the ultimate goal. Like, and, yeah. and what is weight? Uh, you mean, have I lost fat? Uh, or like do I look smaller you know it because it's just um it was so normalized da daily basis kind of thing obviously at these big commercial gyms that is just people passing comment on bodies and it qu could quite often be coming from a place of like you know they think they're being encouraging because that's what that person they assume that's what that person wants to hear um but it's I think it's really dangerous and it again it's creating this it's um continuing to sustain this quite toxic atmosphere if that makes sense i get just a completely neutral point of view like there's no reason to label a movement a girl's version or, or anything else really no. yeah it's just a regression or a progression isn't it 
absolutely. Um, but it's it's these small, well, seemingly small things that um, add up to and to creating an environment. And the thing is, those changing those small things makes a huge has a huge impact on people's experience, like of using that space and wanting to come back to use that space and feeling like that space is for them or not. And it, these, these are public gyms, should be for everybody. Um, it's, I just think there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot of things that are quite normalized within commercial gyms that shouldn't be. Um, because it is, it's under this umbrella of um, health and fitness, but actually a lot of the culture doesn't have anything to do with health or fitness. Um, no. Again, like I, I know, I, so I haven't been working from a commercial gym for a little bit now. So I, I hopefully things are shifting, but it, it feels a bit like trying to sh shift the uh, Titanic, you know? It's just like, like it, I think it is possible, it is doable. Um, but I think these, these kind of conversations need to happen. Um, I think this year of lockdowns and gyms closing, I think has made people question perhaps, you know, going, like going back and like um, uh, restarting their gym memberships because perhaps, perhaps for the first time they thought, hang on a minute, um, these, what they associate with training might also involve oh, that really annoying P um, PT that's like curving on me or yeah. that, you know, like just things that just are so normalized within, yeah. uh, within gyms. And it's only like, hang on, I've got a couple of weights and a bit of space to train and, uh, or I can run. Um, I, I, I don't need, I don't think I need that atmosphere, that environment anymore. Um, I, I was still using uh, Pure Gym around the corner until the first until March, and then I haven't I haven't gone back since because I've kind of realised I would go there, but I'd have my headphones on and like cap down as a kind of don't talk to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like sure. I was I wasn't going there for socialising. We'll we'll talk more about that. But I wasn't going there socialising. I wasn't going there for a community feel. I was going there because it's just around the corner. It's really convenient. I have access to all the weights I could need. Um, and also sometimes it's nice just to like put on your music and just be in your own world. Yeah, perhaps, I don't know. It's, I just think this year could be a good um, sort of chance for people to reflect on, you know, gym as an environment. And I know we were speaking the other day about how actually for some people, it, there is a sense of community and the importance behind that. And so finishing work and going to the gym and having their gym, their friends and a community at the gym and feeling valued there yeah. is really important. And, you know, so that's looking at it from another kind of angle for sure. But I, I do think that all of that is actually, is actually relevant because, you know, you know, going to a gym is, is fantastic if you want to get stronger, get fitter. But I would argue if you're just going to go to the gym and walk on a treadmill for 40 minutes, yeah. that's almost completely pointless because you could get a better feeling of exercise of one being outside and exploring a new place i mean i understand obviously now it gets dark really early so you might not want to that's a different discussion but in terms of you know actually getting work done there's no need to be in the gym and realizing that you don't have to be is actually probably quite empowering for a lot of people absolutely um, but then on the flip side of that if you're in especially in a smaller gym or again this is where crossfit's really good is the community 
side of things where you know you have got that detachment from work and home life that is your 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 private space that you can just get on with which i think is a big draw for a lot of people as well um and again i guess i guess we'll touch on this later as well but the, the kind of concept of like where you're saying earlier the everything's focused on weight loss you know girls go on the cross trainer to be skinny and it's like yeah. you know guys go to the weight room to get shredded and it's just like at no point is that line of thought a healthy line of thought there's no balance there between let's get fit let's get strong let's be happy mm-hmm. it's just like i've got this i'm blindly following this one goal because i think that's what fitness looks like yeah and i think that's um that's really important the use of the word balance um because uh like i it's interesting because lang- the importance of language because i like to train i enjoy training i like to train every day if for some reason I feel really low energy or not well, or whatever, that's okay. I won't train. Um, but ideally, I do train every day. I'll do something every day, yeah. you know. And it, and that doesn't mean I'm trying to like destroy myself for an hour and a half or something. I genuinely enjoy it. I, obviously, it takes efforts, and not every, I don't feel like it necessarily every day when I first start out. But um, I just always know it's for me a good day involves training at some point like yeah it's a passion i love it i get so much from it um but depending on who you're talking to and what their background is they could say oh so you're obsessed with training or you're addicted to training and it's like um well or i've just created training as a healthy habit and that's part of my life you know it's so you know people can kind of bring different angles to it i feel you know confident that it's not um i don't have that sort of punishment of my body like there are sessions where oh, i feel like god my legs are in pieces like yeah. in the best possible way yeah that's great but it's not out of a punishment because i ate whatever it was yesterday yeah yeah absolutely oh, I, love, I love food i love training you know great i'll enjoy both things um uh but obviously it depends what um people like people's why behind training it's and i think there's a lot of whys for most people it's but just back to the kind of um sort of disordered approach to training again it's still i I don't want to come across like i'm just hating on commercial gyms it's just because i can make it a a complete um, like a stark comparison where now obviously i'm in a well, I'm in parks at the moment, but you know, over at uh, Fieldworks, it being a private studio, they're just, there's less people. So it's going to be less casual passing chat for sure. There aren't mirrors everywhere, but there just doesn't seem to be that, um, like that, um, it feels like almost like obsession, the, the body fascism that you get of everyone is aspiring to be as lean as possible. The assumption yeah. that end goal kind of thing um yeah it's i mean i remember like i had a chest infection a few years ago and i had three weeks of basically not being able to eat and i remember being then back at work before like i shouldn't have even been back at work i was training a bit and running outside of the gym to like cough it was horrible and um like one of the other coaches was like oh you're looking quite lean like as like that was the i'm like i feel horrendous um 
uh, you know, he, I, he didn't know, I guess, that I'd be, I've had this chest infection yeah, for three sure. weeks. So I've lost some body fat because I hadn't eaten and I hadn't been able to train. I felt like shit. But I think that's just a really useful example of like um, this, this just very unhealthy, um, like just emphasis on, on your people's body fat. Sorry, yeah, I think that, yeah. no, that, that actually highlights the, the, the point perfectly, doesn't it, really? Because, you know, yeah. you never really know if, if someone's actually, you know, losing weight voluntarily or not, whether yeah. they might actually be ill and actually it's the last thing they want to do. But you're, you know, by perpetuating that, oh, this is the really good thing, actually, you know, that it's not a, a smart thing to do if you, if you, when you take a step back and actually have an open mind to, to what could be going on. Yeah. And I think it's exactly the same when you were talking about the, um, you know, in the class of people going, you know, the right ladies, you know, X, Y, and Z. And, and you know, previously a couple of years ago, it's not something I would have ever considered. Um, yeah. But actually like having these conversations is, is really good because it actually makes you take a step back and think, you know, actually, yeah, you can completely understand why if you're the, the one, the one bloke in that class, for example, or flip it around and you're, you're the one, the one lady in that class, that's going to make you feel really like you shouldn't be there. Um, yeah. Any anything you know, and, and obviously, if, if you don't really relate to either of those things, even so, again, even so, you're you're going to feel even more alienated again. Yeah. Um, which I think is is a really important, from a coaching point of view, important thing to understand and try and talk about things from a. I think these these conversations need to happen. So perhaps um, uh, things can change a little bit, and it yeah. could just be from someone changing the language that they use in the classes that they teach, or. Um, it could just be someone sort of thinking before they just see one of their regular members and they're like, oh, you've lost weight. Like just as like the ultimate accolade, you've lost weight, you know, just perhaps thinking that through. The normalizing of um, quite a disordered uh, approach to exercising, I think is something else that's really paramount, you know, um, where people are say, I don't know, there's always that one person using the treadmill endlessly as you described it it's like 40 minutes walking on a treadmill I mean if that person it's come like it's literally all they can do and it helps to not be on like changing terrain because of maybe an injury or like I don't know perhaps they've got a balance issue or something you know then okay so that's the exercise that they can do that's what they can do when it's quite clear that it's just like, I must do my hour running on the treadmill seven days a week, or, you know, it's that, that obsessive, just punishment kind of approach where if, you know, even they'll have their set treadmill, because we all know there's, there's, yeah, there's yeah. always on that treadmill. That, yeah. Um, if someone's on their treadmill and everything's, you know, broken, oh God. Um, and I, you know, that's, uh, I understand that um, people use the spaces perhaps to um, as coping mechanisms with other kind of like mental health situations. Sure. And so it can become a bit like obsessive in that way. Um, that then becomes much more complex for sure. Um, but I think what just can be more like normalized within, you know, the sort of fitness industry of, it actually being quite disordered behavior becoming really normalized. Disordered behavior being, you know, um, tracking how many calories you're burning and what you're then allowed to eat. Now, 
if you are a competitive a bodybuilder, if you are trying to make weight for, I don't know, a fight, you know, there are absolutely things like that will come, factor into it. That's, um, you know, you're essentially are, uh, you know, it's a very much goal orientated situation. Most people aren't. Surely most people want to be able to just feel better, move better, um, have energy for their life outside of the gym rather than the gym being the the performance if that makes sense yeah yeah and uh, it's um i just have uh, a bit of an aversion to fitbits and stuff when it comes to i burnt 650 calories in that session and then it's like great i'm definitely going to have that donut or whatever it, yeah. when it becomes transactional like that you're i just feel like um you're just going into like this really um unhealthy territory of one has to off, offset the other rather than actually you know when you'll know this like when you have been eating well sleeping you know and you're, you do those sessions and you just feel like great like you're, you're you're training and you're just like this feels really good like um i've like because you're looking after yourself you're fueling your training and you just feel you feel really good and it's just like what could be better than that um yeah right sorry go yeah i think well i think they're all really again really valid points you know i'll, I'll, I'll start at the back and work my way back through those i think <laughs> yeah the, the last point you said there of like you know yeah you, you, you kind of figure out over time how you feel based on kind of what you've eaten how you slept what you've done the day before and i think almost everyone would probably benefit from being a bit more mindful about those things and just and rather than you know, becoming a slave to your Fitbit, which mm. we know are, you know, they're, they're relatively inaccurate anyway. Like it's an arbitrary measure. You can only really use them effectively to compare, you know, last session I burnt 300 calories, this session I burnt 600 calories. You know, yeah, therefore we can assume it was either twice as long or twice as hard, you know, basing one compared to the other. You can't really say, oh, that means I can then eat twice as many donuts. But if you kind of are more mindful over time, like it's not something that you're going to pick up in a week, but you know, if you understand that if I eat this, if I, if I have five beers the night before, my training is going to be crap and my day is going to be crap. Yeah. You know, there should be a feedback loop there somewhere that tells you maybe I shouldn't have five beers if I want to perform well the next day. Yeah. You know, extrapolate that to food, to sleep, to, to whatever. Yeah. Um, and that, that's, that's, what, that's one point I think is people miss out on it. They try and follow a, a strict kind of cookie cutter or copy and paste thing that someone said you need to do exactly these big things every day otherwise it doesn't work there's no flexibility which means you've got you're more stressed because life is flexible and then you know going back one one further talking about kind of you know people who are yeah you know, if you're a bodybuilder for example like you said or a fighter and you have specific goals sure you're going to have to suffer a little bit to get to those goals probably it's the nature of the sport you know, it's probably not healthy, but let's not confuse health with what that is. They're, they're, they're very different. And like you said, 99.9% of people are never going to step on stage. They're not going to be a professional sports person. Like you said, the gym is there to enhance their life mm. outside of the gym. Yeah, they're not going to the gym just to be good at the gym, which I think is, is another, another thing that people probably miss out on, especially a lot of, a lot of guys that are like, oh, I want to go and I'm going to lift more today. Okay, yeah. great. Why? Are you going to move better though? Yeah. Or are you going to half rep that more? Like yeah. what's better for you outside of the outside of, of that? Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think context is is always key with these things. And it's the step that I think a lot of people miss out 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think coming back to what you said about, oh, if someone's like, you know, they've, they've had several beers the night before and they're, then therefore that will have an impact on their training. If they associate training with pleasure as opposed to a punishment of their body, then that, I think that's the, the key difference because actually their um, sort of reward punishment kind of loop is around that thing of, well, training sucks anyhow. So it's just, I'm just going to feel a bit more sick when I, when I train tomorrow, you know, yeah. um, if it's that association of it just being as punishment, it's like, you know, I, I feel like in such a privileged position that I genuinely enjoy, I enjoy, I can enjoy, have the ability to enjoy training. And, you know, if, if it's something that people, you know, it appeals to them, like if they can get to that point where they can realize that actually it's, it, it can become like just a, a part of your week where you actually associate it with feeling good um, within yourself rather than it being a punishment or I must because I, to be healthy, I must exercise right how do i exercise right i go to the gym or i run and you know my first question yeah. is always when you you meet a new client um you, do you do any kind of exercise at the moment oh yeah run okay so do you do you enjoy running no not really or or you know sometimes it's people stick with it and they do end up enjoy enjoying running because perhaps they complement it with some strength training and you know decent amount of mobility and then the running does feel better so it kind of ha has that payoff but um if, if it just all feels like punishment it's completely disordered and it still apparently falls under this umbrella of health and fitness and it's definitely got nothing to do with either i would say yeah um, yeah I, th I think that's a great yeah. point actually it's you know i think there, there's definitely a perception that it's still lingering on from ages ago you know, go hard or go home you know, sweat is fat crying, all these like little yeah. stupid sayings that kind of float around. And they're actually, I think they're actually really bad, especially like as, you know, I definitely, I think most people go through the phase of when they start training, like, right, I'm going to just work as hard as I can for this hour. I'm going to not be able to walk properly tomorrow. Yeah. And that is good. And then you kind of do it for a bit. And you're like, I just don't really enjoy the next day because I just can't do anything. Yeah. So actually, I think, you know, people tend to hate things because they almost do too much. And that's a perception that you know, we've kind of perpetuated it within the fitness industry as, as a whole for so many years. It's yeah. like, yeah, training has to be hard, but it's not, you know, if you want to progress, it's got to be a bit, a bit harder each time. Yeah. But you should, you know, I, I definitely think you should leave the gym feeling better than you came in. Yeah. Whether that's you know, a better mental place or you actually feel good after having done the workout, you know, whatever it might be. If you, if you leave feeling like, oh, I really hated that run. Or yeah. I really hated that session. Why have you, you know, stopped doing it? Do something different, yeah. change how you're doing it, go with a friend, like whatever. The key yeah. thing is enjoyment, I think, and that positive reinforcement loop that you need to create. Like, how can I put this? There, like, there is a discussion to be had there because how is it that for so long it, it does feel like um, very, uh, very disordered approaches to training and eating within, which is normalized under the umbrella of um the gym um yeah. uh has hasn't had massive criticism 
like I, I don't know about you, but I don't think the the atmosphere of gyms, a, a sort of toxic um, atmosphere of gyms, ha has been discussed that much at length. I don't feel like it. I don't know. Do I've not really experienced. I think you know it's one of those things that's it's it seems like with, with all of the the, the kind of the way things are going and the progression that's happening outside in the outside world with kind of yeah. you know like you know gender and all this sort of stuff that, that's being talked about much more now and um, I think hopefully it will it will kind of creep in as, as a kind of as a result and, and it should do because ultimately you know I think the people I don't want to get political really but like the people getting offended by these things probably should take a step back and be like does it really affect my life if someone chooses to do something differently about no not really like why why, why does it affect me if someone chooses to live a lifestyle their way like it shouldn't but I think when when you come into that like the gym space and you know from the body positivity side of things again it's like a it's a fine line to tread because it's like you don't want I don't want to offend anyone but at the same time you know we we know you know, everyone should be comfortable in their body and, and happy you know because ultimately you're 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 in that position as a result of your own choices a lot of the time yeah you know and, and I'm not saying that, that you're you're right or wrong for those but ultimately you know if if in three years time I was I became 120 kilos, that would be a choice that I'd made subconsciously or consciously to train less, eat more over time. Mm -hmm. You know, if I was happy there, fine. But there's also I think an underpinning level of uh, knowledge, I guess, that we we know that long term that probably isn't going to be the, the healthiest. You know, we know that obesity is linked to you know increased mortality across almost everything. So. They're two separate, two different sides of the same coin, I think. And it's just like, I think if we, when we discuss it, it's, yeah, you have to tread carefully, but it's also, I think, important to be aware of like the, the potential negative health implications are completely different to how you feel about your body, that they shouldn't be discussed in the same way. Yeah. I don't think. Um, that makes sense. So, yeah, absolutely. Like, several times you said, you know, I don't want to offend anyone. The thing is, is, is like, what, what you're talking about is, um, so the, you know, sort of physically, physically the extreme opposite to what, what we're, how we were talking about a disordered use of training and it being this punishment. So people kind of um, relentlessly using the cross trainer or whatever to lose, you know, to burn calories. Um, and, uh, but we're talking about this and there are, maybe there are people that will hear this that do that. But there were there was a less there's less of a um, anxiety around. I hope I don't offend anyone with that. Uh, like you know, I hope I don't offend anyone. Yeah, yeah. There is an assumption actually that their bodies will be relatively, considering the amount of exercise they're doing, relatively lean, relatively. So you know, um, uh, it. But in both cases of someone. Um, you know, if you've got the case of somebody like punish themselves at the gym because they're trying to, you know, burn as many calories as possible, then the opposing uh, situation of somebody that is morbidly obese and they, you know, can't walk up a flight of stairs without being out of breath. Now, in both cases, I think there's a complete disconnect from the body. So when you're saying yeah. happy, being happy within your body, I, I think the unifying thing, they're just, they're polarizing, like, uh, uh, totally polarizing positions, yeah. but unifying uh, 
thing you have here is a disconnect from the body completely. You're, the person absolutely punished themselves on the, on the treadmill. They're not connected to their body. Or, you know, we've all seen those people that do those like religiously do this kind of um, the same exercises in the same routine. And or, or they do three classes back to back and they'll, they have to do spin and then, and then hit and then this, you know, um, religiously, they have to do that. And you look at them, like when you're sort of coaching a class and it's like, you, there's no enjoyment here. You know, when you're doing those sessions where you're just like, you know what, it's a load of body weight squats or whatever. I don't know if you do many body weight squats, James, but you know. <laughs> I, I occasionally do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're genuinely, I'm like, oh, these are feeling good today. Oh, you know, this feels, this feels all right. Um, but when it's just like, oh, going through the motions to get, get yeah. to the end and the end is calories burnt. Great. Yeah. Total disconnect from their body is known within that. I would argue that there's a disconnect when somebody is at the point where they are, you know, morbidly obese. Um, I would argue that potentially there's a disconnect from their body there because of, you know, certain things like, you know, maybe like aches, backache, um, not being able to just comfortably, you know, do like things that life requires. So yeah. I don't know pick my dog up like like yeah. i don't know just um uh be able to just like run up the stairs or you know just like nothing just you know things like that shouldn't require really effort to such so yeah. but not be able to move freely i believe there must be some kind of disconnect from your body you know i think it's on an individual basis for sure yeah I, th I think i think i think that's definitely a big point i mean that's something i discussed probably that's been a couple of weeks now um when grant was on the podcast you know one of the questions we were talking about is like have you asked yourself like yeah, can i do all the things that i i want and or need to do and it's a simple question isn't it you know is there anything that i'm physically limited from like you know yeah like walk up the stairs could you you know if the bus was going to leave could you get to it before it left without having a heart attack like yeah they're kind of fundamental life things that you possibly are going to need to do if you can't do them, then you probably need to look in, in, like, look, take a kind of look inside and go, yeah, why can't I? What's stopping me? Yeah. Can I do something about that? And in nine times out of ten, yes, you can do something about it, and actually, it's not going to be that hard. Yeah. If you yeah. understand, if, if you know, seek, speak to someone who, who can help you, yeah, sure. Yeah, but it doesn't. It's not going to be like right. I need to lose. I don't know, fifteen kilos. That's in my head. That's what I think I need to lose to be able yeah. to walk up the stairs. Fine. It's not going to be a matter of like battering yourself in the gym yeah. to get to that point. Yeah. You know, it's, it's going to be a much more measured approach that's going to get you there and one that's probably going to require a lot less suffering than you think if you approach it sensibly. And the emphasis is on function over aesthetics. So yeah. it, it's, it's about, you know, just being a functioning human kind of thing. So it, it's, and whatever that may look like for you as an individual. So, and whatever, where your bar is, when you said like, are there things that I want to be able to do that I can't do? So, you know, I would apply that to myself and I'm like, um, yeah, because <laughs> my overhead mobility is so shocking. Um, but yeah, I need to work on that. But, but that's my, that's my own thing. Yeah. But if it was something, you know, obviously doing overhead squats isn't something I need to do just when I'm around the house or um, getting to work or whatever. So that's fine. But it, it, just in both, both cases, the extreme sort of examples that I spoke about, 
is the emphasis on um, aesthetic over function, aesthetic over function, function being a healthy moving body. Um, yeah. You know, joints that are moving through the range they should be able to move through. Um, uh, yeah, pain free, like yeah. it, like that. When you're coming, you're approaching the fitness industry. It, it again, it I think it is shifting in a very positive way. I do think there's so much potential for things to be going in a much more positive way across the board. Um, but massively, it is I guess about just moving away from the emphasis being on aesthetics. Yeah, I, th I think I think that's yeah. Aesthetics is something that will will come alongside your training to a degree if you're yeah it, whatever you're training for like you, you kind of you know the body's adaptable right it'll adapt to what you do so if you run a lot you're more likely to end up being leaner generally speaking if yeah. you're not doing as much strength training for example yeah. Yeah. but as long as you've got the function like, like you just said and you can do the stuff you want to do then you're kind of free to choose where you go from there you're like yeah, you can move well you that means that you can do whatever movements you want to do which is awesome and that means that you can then yeah, if you want to get big and put on muscle, it's a lot easier for you to do that because your foundational position is, is really strong. Yeah. You know, you kind of come back to the center of movement or functionality, let's call it, to, to use a kind of a colloquial term. And then you can kind of dart out and go, I'm going to build for, I don't know, a year or whatever, come back into this, can I still move really well? Now I want to get better at running. And you have this like holistic approach. Holistic is the word. Yeah, definitely. Um, it. I think I, I just one other thing that I'm going slightly off your point right there. It's just something that I think is really important is like fundamentally I um, would, you know, <laughs> the body positive, body positive movement obviously is comes from a place of uh, feminism and I hundred percent identify as being feminist for sure. Um, but what's feminism about equality empowerment and it's, this is the thing with within that that I find really um, like a, a like a like a difficult area because I feel that trade being feeling physically strong and able is totally empowering, and that's not in terms of like oh I feel like I could defend myself in a fight like I would probably I think I would run I'd be useless in a fight. <laughs> that's a smart move right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um like it's not that at all it's just you can't buy you can't it, we're in a capitalist world where you can buy anything but you can't buy fitness you can't buy strength you can you know you can buy all the gear or whatever you can Pay for all the PT sessions in the world. You can do all of that, but you, it takes effort. And I, on a personal level, I find it really empowering. I like to feel capable. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I've had like some injuries in the past, and I know what it's like to be out of action on crutches. Horrific, absolutely horrific. To just, not, I just didn't feel capable, and. Yeah, so I just, I don't want to take it for granted, you know, um, yeah. to, to, to feel able-bodied, to feel capable. Um, I think that's, that's really, it just feels incredibly empowering. Yeah, in, in the world that we live in where you, you, you know what I mean? It's like, if you, well, if you have enough money, you can get whatever. Well, you can't with this. You can't. Yeah, you, yeah it's you one know. of the few things you have to work for. Yeah, for sure.
yeah, I, th I think that's great. Um, you know, I think, and again, I think, you know, that works for almost everyone is if you, if you feel stronger and you can do more things, whether it's, you know, you know, you can bench press a hundred kilos or you can do a hands, whatever it might be. If it's something that you couldn't do before and that you, you can do now, it makes you feel more confident in yourself, I think, because you've actually achieved something, you know, just through, just through effort, you know, it's not, yeah, like you said, it can't be given to you. So it's like actually something that you, you've earned. Yeah, totally. I think it is, is really empowering in that sense. Um, yeah. Here, let's talk good things about gyms. They're, they're such an equaliser of people. Like when people are in the gym, in their gym kit, it, it's completely equalised in terms of your like socioeconomic, you know, where you, where you are, your sort of, you know, in London, it's like as soon as people have, have kind of got their sort of um, work, uniform on if that, like in terms of the uniform being they work in the city or yeah you know they're immediately kind of ranked in this hierarchy of earning and yeah. in the gym it's like well it's an equalizer it doesn't like you can have the most expensive um kit on but there's no no one's going to like no one cares <laughs> no one cares exactly no one cares if you've got that but if you're over like doing some kind of like 100 kilogram barbell snatch, it's like, wow, you know, <laughs> like that's, that's, people are going to respect that. That's really yeah, I think, I think that's a really positive thing about, about the spaces. And actually it's one of the few places where you, you can, you get people from all walks of life that kind of mix and, and just get talking and it's fine. Like, I think, I don't know. I've never actually stepped into one of those like super high end niche gyms like you know, Equinox or whatever. I don't know what they're like, but from from a general point of view, like you get people from all walks of life, and I quite like that. It's like you you know you'll be chatting to someone, you know, who's completely well, all the way one end of the spectrum. Then the next minute you can be talking to someone who's the exact opposite, and it's both the same. I think there's yep. very little room for kind of I don't know snobbery. Let's call it. I suppose. Yep, I I think actually talk like that comes back to like what I was saying about my um, experience of actually people just overlooking who, who I was in the space and just realized, Oh, I'm really passionate about my training. They're passionate about their training. We have that common sort of dialogue then immediately right there. So we can just talk about that. And yeah. like, like when I was younger before that, it would be sport. So like, I'm not interested anymore, but like, you know, I played football. So as soon as, you know, you hear that someone plays football or, you know, they're interested in football, it becomes this unifier. So it's like you can be yeah. completely, um, totally different worlds, totally different backgrounds. And it just becomes this like, oh, it's a shared passion. Um, we can look beyond, uh, as cringy as it sounds, like like other like obvious differences and just yeah. like enjoy that sort of thing. And it's a nice unifier. I don't know. Yeah. I've, always, I've always found that with sports too. Yeah, I think that's, that's, that's kind of why I really, really, I've always really liked sport, I think, because it, it does level a playing field, especially, yeah, as, as you kind of are an adult, you know, like a game of rugby or whatever, and you've got 15 different people on the team who are, you know, one might be really quick, one might be really strong, you know, it's a real good, diverse group of people. You know, you'll basically have a fight with the other team for 18 minutes and go and have a beer afterwards, and actually, you know, it doesn't really matter anything apart from that. It's just a nice, yeah, you, know, you can just actually have a nice, relaxed, I'd call it a bonding experience, but that sounds a bit wanky, yeah, yeah. but you know what I mean. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, as a kid, it's like, you, I'll just, if you just show up somewhere and someone's got a football and you just like, can I join in? 
like, yeah. And then you, you're just like, yeah. it, you know, and I, I found that like, um, like, you know, when I'm in another country, well, I haven't traveled for a while now, but you know, when I've been in other countries and it, it, it I don't know, it became, can become just a, it's like, oh, okay, you're really passionate about that. Then there's a connection there. There's just like a human connection and a shared interest. And it, it's really nice. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think if, um, you know, if that can come back, if people can realize that, you know, even again, coming back to people who probably haven't been to a gym or kind of are a bit concerned about it. If you, if you realize that actually most people in the gym are just there because they want to be, they're not there to judge other people or to just to like, you know, to be a, basically to show off. They're just there because they want to go and train because they enjoy it or it's relaxing or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And if you're all there for that purpose, actually everyone's really focused on themselves anyway exactly you know, no one exactly. i don't think very few people apart from you know a couple maybe will be looking at you thinking oh you're really weak or yeah. oh yeah they're probably thinking oh am, am i i feel quite self-conscious about like being in this yeah. situation like have they noticed that like that i'm small here or what you know whatever it is like yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it, it's actually nasty because it brings us back to where we started and in terms of people's um, inner dialogue and personal insecurities and bringing, you know, when that's you know, brought into a space where it just feels a bit more heightened, um, any insecurities can feel a bit more hard to be completely right. Um, and it's, and I, I totally agree with you, when um, the, majority, the vast majority of people are just, are in there and they're, they're not, um, they're not there to like uh, make other people actively make other people uncomfortable. Um, absolutely, I think it's just as um, like big as corporations, as big kind of uh, like spaces. If there were just certain like um, perhaps standards or like codes of behaviour, you know, yeah. uh, that were kind of regulated across the board, it would make it would make these spaces. Um, just feel much more welcoming. Yeah, I think um, certainly from a staffing point of view. Yeah. 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 yeah I think that make that would make a lot of sense. Um, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, you don't don't see it that much. Well, certainly I haven't noticed that much in in the one I'm working at the minute. But yeah, in the past with pe previous people who have been there and you know, have, have since left, thankfully, I think we both yeah. know who we're talking about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it was very rife, and it yeah. definitely the the whole atmosphere within the gym changed once one said people had, had moved on for the better, which, you know, and it just, it just goes to show that it can have a massive impact, I think. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Um, yeah. I think just, just, to, you know, to kind of, to wrap it up now, we've kind of come full circle, I, I think on that. Um, I tend to like to leave people with maybe like two or three key points from what we've discussed, um, just so they can go away and actually think about, and hopefully that will enable them to either, you know, to take that first step to train or, or, you know, just a couple of things that you think are really important to think about from what we've discussed today. Okay, I would say the three, some big takeaways from today would be, um, I think the, the why, think about the why behind your training. Um, I, think, I think that's something people should, um, should consider, just like, a, uh, is, this about, is this a connection to my body? Is this yep. um, a sort of a punishment? Um, the next thing I'd think about is, if you're somebody that works in the industry or just somebody that uses uh, gyms, um, be, I think just to be conscious of 
the atmosphere that you're part of. So, you know, it only takes one, it only takes one um, really sort of difficult character within a gym to like set, set a tone and it becomes, yeah. people just feel excluded from that space. Um, and I think the other one that we didn't speak that much about, but I just think is really important is, um, is language. Like the language that you use as a coach, as a PT, um, to describe certain exercises and not, not turning exercises into, um, you know, um, yeah. just being descriptive, just keep it descriptive. Not sure we've really spoken much about that, but hopefully that's relevant. Not too much, but I think, I think, I think, <laughs> I think, I think it is relevant. You know, I think those three points are actually really relevant. I think identifying your why and, and it not being because I saw this person on Instagram and I want to look like them, um, but actually having a deeper why is, is quite important. Um, yeah, language is obviously hugely important, as, as yeah, we've said a lot of time. It's probably the key, the key part that's come away from this. I think in terms of you know, what what you say or like how you say it is, is quite important, especially when it comes to you know describing exercises because actually it's a use it's like you know putting a general on exercise is that totally useless you know it doesn't give anyone any more information other than if you just said press up yeah yeah you know, no one would know what you meant um so yeah i think that, that's also a valid point and then yeah i think from a yeah but not i imagine no one who owns a gym is going to listen but yeah from that point of view like just be aware of your kind of rules i suppose or your kind of let's call it etiquette shall we um yeah just trying to make it as a, you know as in a kind of a comfortable place yeah. for people yeah yeah and just sort of I let think, them get on with it i think gym etiquette is um is a great term i think actually it's a lot yeah that sort of covers what we've a lot of what we've, we've been talking about because a certain like gym your gym etiquette if that was a sort of a known way of like just behaving respectfully you treating the space and other people respectfully um rather than it just uh, the the environment you know being associated with uh you know it being uh, sort of aggressive or like um um intimidating you know yeah yeah um and just yeah and i think things like that just yeah you know, like put your weights away would be an example of gym etiquette right okay. um so i mean we've got a long way to go just on that front but like yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let alone the rest of it yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, that's uh, that's really good. Thank you. Um, yeah, I hope cool. you enjoyed that chat I did. I think yeah, I learned yeah, a few things. Honestly, well, so that you know, it's one of my favourite things to do. It's just talking about this kind of stuff. I hope that you enjoyed that episode and thanks a lot for listening. If you have any questions or topic suggestions, as I mentioned at the start, feel free to email me at info at simplesessions.co.uk or you can also reach me on Instagram at jameslee.pt. If you're enjoying the podcast, I'd really appreciate a quick review. And also, if you'd love to share it with your friends, that'd be excellent. The more people that can hear this and enjoy it and also hopefully get some benefit from it, the better. Thanks a lot for listening to this episode. And I hope you're looking forward to one more next week. Thanks a lot. Have a great week.